Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I want to get back into a, uh, something I started a few months ago. Go with me over to Third uh, John, the first chapter. This is a series that I had started uh, actually back in April, and the last time I spoke in it was in May. It's hard to believe it's been five months, has come and gone, uh, but time uh, has, creeps by pretty quickly on us. And so I want to get back into it this morning and a few things we want to talk about, and I believe they'll be good for us. In Third John, the second, uh, first chapter, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul Prospers, And so uh, back in April, I started a, a series and we entitled it Money Matters. And we've got the, uh, the slide there, Money Matters. Who was here back in April and May when we talked about that? They were good, weren't they? You did a good job, Pastor Greg, right? All right, so I'll take all the, all the compliments I can get this morning. Uh, but we started and, and uh, you know, just through a series of different things, not able to pick up where we were. So I felt impressed to, to go back and pick up on the, some of these things and you know, the subject of finances is such an important subject. And I know it makes a lot of people nervous. Every time we, we you know, ministers in general, when they talk about this, you know, you're, you're always aware of the fact that it makes people nervous. And, and some people really don't like it. When I say that, I mean, they, they hate's a strong word, but some people are really close to that. They dislike a lot. I can't tell you the number of times when I do the offering or pray over the offering or read a scripture or even during this series, you know, get a talk. And, and I can't tell you the number of times over the years that I've gotten looks from people. Actually, just a few weeks ago, we had a, a gentleman visiting with us. And he was all smiles until we got to the offering. And he gave me the full arm fold and scowl throughout the whole thing. And, yes, we see faces, just like Kendra did right there. And, um, and uh, so, you know, we're well aware of these things. And, uh, um, you know, it's not something that we, 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 we do. You know, I know there's a lot of abuse that's happened. And, and there are a lot of ministers have abused finances. And, oh, boy, we could tell you some stories. And having done this as long as we have, we've seen and heard some crazy things. And I know you have, too. And, and so, you know, but, but just because there have been abuses doesn't uh, negate the importance of the area of finances and the fact that money does matter. Money matters to God. Money matters to us. It's a key part of our life. And um, it would be wrong for us to not talk about these things. Now, people say, well, you know, certain churches, they talk about money all the time. Well, when we pray over the offering, we talk about money. Uh, But it's not something we teach on all the time. But it is an important subject. And so, you know, I would just ask that people have an open heart tonight. And as we go forward, and I told Steve before service, it's been five months you almost have to reintroduce the whole thing because it's been so long, um, but we're, we don't have time to do that. But it is an important subject. And so I would just ask to just relax, and, and we're not going to take up another offering. It's already done. Actually, I don't like using the phrase, take up another offering. We're not going to receive another offering. I know some, some preachers who take up offerings, and, and we've never done that. We don't apply pressure to people, but we're not going to receive another offering. We're done, and, and if you didn't give and you want to, well, you can chase somebody down, but that's not the point of this. Uh, but it is an, an, an important part of our life. It affects everything we do every single day. And uh, the Word has got a lot to say about it. It's interesting, you know, uh, a few months ago I was doing something, and 
I don't know, it was, I think it was on YouTube and there was a minister that, there that he, you know, they have recommendations that pop up based on your viewing history. And this minister came up and he was mockingly uh, talking about everything that's going on. And he said, he said, I'm sure in the weeks to come that the Lord is going to inspire a lot of preachers to talk about money. You know, because of the fact that there's financial uncertainty in the world. And he was inferring that preachers will be out there trying to drum up support for the church. Well, I got to thinking, you know, whenever people are having needs, what better time to talk about something? Whenever, if you're facing a, a sickness or disease in your body, is that the time to start studying uh, maybe about the Passover feast or, or to get into the study of angels or the Nephilim? Or it, does that make sense? Giants, would that make any sense? Then, no, if, you, if you're facing something, then, then the Lord would probably lead you to refresh yourself on the scriptures and the subject of divine healing because that's what you're facing. Well, you know, we are living in uncertain times financially by the world standards. And uh, I will say this, you know, the media, how many know that bad news sells, not good news? When you turn on the news, that's why I don't wa- watch a lot of news. When you turn on the news, most things are doom and gloom and calamity. And this happened and that happened and this person stubbed their toe and this thing happened over here and the world's coming to an end. Uh, there's not many reports of, you know, uh, day number, today is two, Sunday, October the 2nd, and almost everyone was fine. <laughs> you know, uh, today's news today, only, you know, there, there might have been five shootings in, in, in the world today, but there was eight billion people who didn't get shot. That doesn't get mentioned. And, uh, so they want to portray these things. And I'll say this, you know, the media wants to, to pursue it because they need a story. But also the God of this world wants to stir up fear in people. He wants you to become fearful about what's going to happen. He wants people to become fear because fear is what fuels the enemy. That's, that's, the, that's the enemy's version of faith is fear. And so we want to make sure we're very careful to not be troubled by these things. Remember Jesus said, he said in the last days, these things would happen. This would happen. You'd see this, that sign. But what did he say? Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. So that tells me that there are troubling things we're going to see, but whether or not our, our heart is troubled is up to us. It's a choice that we make. And so we're going to talk about finances today, but I'm just here to tell you before we get anywhere else, God's still on the throne. Amen. He is still our provider. He will still meet every single need. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Our God is not running out of, of, of resources. He knows where the money is. All the gold belongs to him. The cattle on the thousand hills and whatever you need, he can get it to you. Amen. And so these things you have to know for yourself. You have to be solid in and because God wants us to shine. And part of our shining is in every area of life. That means being healthy, walking in peace, but also financially being stable and secure and not standing around the water cooler at work, around the, around the water fountain and complaining and worrying about what's going to happen. We can have fullness of joy and say, everything's going to be all right. So we have to be walking in these things. There's some things we have to know and things we have to understand. I heard one minister had said this. He said, you know, when you talk about these subjects, you know, like I said, people oftentimes get upset about it. But he said, I'm always excited for the opportunity to talk about finances, about money, because it's a help to the people that are listening. If you'll listen and be open to hear it, it'll be help to you. God's got a lot to say about these things and a lot of things that are important. Like I said, money matters. And so uh, uh, we're talking about the importance of money, but also issues concerning matter, kind of money. It's uh, uh, the matters around money. So it's kind of a two-sided um, 
uh, message and two, two different things. Um, on the first uh, top, the first time I talked about it, I talked a lot about uh, kind of what people are facing and the leading problems where, where money is concerned. The number one, uh, the top reasons for divorce and, and people anxiety, psychological studies, where it all relates around money. And um, uh, like I said, we're called to be a light. You have to know the truth on these things. And I'm kind of repeating myself, but, but this is really, really important for us. And so it matters to our everyday life, but also money matters to the Lord Jesus uh, there were many times in the Bible that, that Jesus talked about. In fact, over a third of the parables uh, that Jesus talked about and, and said were concerning the issues around money, warnings and promises around money. And then also there, the reason why he came, Jesus declared in Luke chapter 4. You can turn there with me, Luke the fourth chapter. And I'm still trying to just make sure we're all on the same page. This is not a bad topic. This is a good topic. This is, this is something that we should talk about even in church. It's an important thing. And you know us just as a personal track record as a church. We've never used manipulative practices or done any of those things. You know, we, we say do what the Bible says and, and obey your heart. And, uh, but we all always going to point ourselves back to what, what God's word says on these subjects and what his word says about it. But here in Luke chapter 4, this is uh, Jesus speaking. This is right after he was baptized by John the Baptist and the Spirit of the Lord descended upon him. And, and the Father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And so Jesus... Uh, went in in Luke chapter 4, verse 16. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Luke four sixteen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And when we read this verse, you know, I'm thankful that he's, he came to heal the brokenhearted, to, uh, liber- to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. I'm grateful for these things. But notice the first thing that he said. He said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. God's spirit has rested upon him. He just went through this amazing experience and everybody saw it where the spirit of God descended upon him and, and everybody saw what happened. And, and he said, because this is the reason why I'm here. The spirit of the Lord has descended upon me. What's the first thing that Jesus said? Not a trick question. He, he said to preach the what? The gospel, the good news to the poor. And I've heard people say, well, you poor just means poor in spirit because if you're not born again and you're, that's poor, that would be poor spiritually. But that's not what this word is. That word poor actually means uh, 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 someone that, that is a beggar, someone that is poor, that is deeply destitute, lacking earthly resources. So he came to preach the, the, the gospel to the poor. And what is that gospel, that good news? is that you don't have to be poor anymore. You don't have to be poor any longer. And that is good news. I'm so grateful that Jesus paid for my sin. I'm so thankful that he shed his blood for my sin. Aren't you glad? I am so grateful because if I, were to, if I head into eternity based upon what I've done and my works, I'm not in good shape. But Jesus paid the price for all my wrongdoings, and I'm thankful for that. I'm also grateful that Jesus came and bore his stripes on his body, and, and, and he took my sicknesses and took disease. Anything that would try to come on my life, Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my pain. Are you grateful for that? Yeah, I'm super grateful for that. I'm also grateful that he came and took poverty. The Bible says that he became poor so that we could become rich, well-supplied in life. That was part of the purpose, the reasons why Jesus came. Money matters to the Lord. 
When he came, when he made his sacrifice, he did what he did with this in mind. It wasn't just a side thought. It wasn't just a bonus. It wasn't just something that was added to the on, on later. This, he came for these, this very reason. This was part of what he came for is to, uh, redemption from poverty, freedom from poverty and lack. And so it's an important thing. And so it matters to him. Well, it needs to matter to us as well. You know, I was thinking today, uh, this morning, just a few last things writing down. In Romans chapter 10, you've got the, or Mark, Math, Mark chapter 10, you've got the uh, account of the rich young ruler. And this man came to Jesus and said, you know, good teacher. Of course, you right there have an indication that his, his heart's not in the right place because he called him good teacher instead of master. He said, good teacher. He said, you know, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Isn't that a question that we've, we've all asked at some point, right? What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And he said, you know, I've, 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 I've you know, done all the law. I've done all these things. And so Jesus basically told him, yeah, he, he didn't correct him. He said, yeah, you've done those things. And that's a pretty amazing thing. This young man was, was living a life that was sanctified by, by under the law. He was doing all the things that he needed to do. And Jesus didn't challenge him that you were missing in any of those areas. But he did say, this one thing you lack. Sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. It's what he told him to do. And the rich young ruler said his countenance fell. And he, and he walked away upset and sad because he had great possessions. Well, it's, it's a sad thing to think that the power that money has in our lives... That, that the importance that, that a lot of times the, the stronghold it has in our lives uh, could be a, such a thing where a man in this situation was doing everything in the natural that he could do. He had, he had met every single requirement, but he had one problem, one area that was wrong in his life, and it was an area of money. I don't about you, but I want to make sure that I'm right where the area of money is concerned. I don't want to do all of these things, but have my affections in the wrong place. Go with me over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew the 6th chapter and... We're going to look at verse 19. I need to hurry so we can get into some other things this morning. But like I said, it's a little difficult when it's been five months. Uh, you can go back and listen to more detail. We've talked about some of these things in times past. But in Matthew chapter 6, in the 19th verse, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys nor where thieves break in and steal. Verse 21, For where your treasure is... Your heart will be also. So Jesus made it, makes a definite connection. This is not pirate treasure. That word treasure means, uh, 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 means your resources. It means your, your investments, your money. Jesus made the connection where your resources are, where your money is, there your heart is also. I've discovered and found that when people get upset about this, it's an indication that there's something wrong with your heart. And that may be painful to hear, but if it bothers you, now we put aside what people, mistakes people have made, ministers and churches, abuses that have happened. Those things are wrong. We need to call them wrong. But you don't throw out the good with the bad. And if it bothers us, there, it's an indication something's not right in our life. Jesus himself said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So you can say it this way, what you do with your money reveals you, who you are. Mark Hankins says, he said, he said this, he said, your money, not only it affects you, it reflects you. Your finances, your money, where you spend it, not only affects you because it does, but it also reflects you. Uh, you've heard uh, Billy Graham had said that, you know, that uh, show me your, your, your checkbook and I'll tell you what you love. I'll show you what you love. Well, those things are very true. He also said this, if a person gets his attitude towards money straightened out, then almost all other areas of his life will be straightened out. 
This is a man that walked with God for generations and had a great work and knew God very well. And that's what he said. Well, it's an important thing. And so, you know, we started talking about the, the subject. We started, first of all, about talking about tithing in Leviticus 27. I'll just quote it to you. Leviticus 27, 30 says, All the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It's holy to the Lord. And we can't go into all the details that there. We've we talked about it extensively in the past. But the tithe belongs to the Lord. And this is the starting point where it comes to our finances. Where we invest our finances, it comes down to the tithe. And I know there's a lot of people say, well, that was Old Covenant. That was under the Old Testament. That was, that was under the law. And we're not under the law, Pastor Greg. And I agree we are not under the law. But tithing was before the law. Tithing was before the law, before the law ever existed in Leviticus. Tithing was a principle from the very beginning. Now, we don't, you know, it doesn't give us any indication of Adam and Eve, but their children uh, gave. They talked about the firsters, didn't use the word tithing, but they brought of the first, first fruits of, of, their, of their harvest to the Lord. Didn't say the word tithing, but that principle is there. But Abraham, Abraham who is the father of our faith, it said that he tithed to Melchizedek. That was a long time before the law ever came into being. And then Jacob, just two generations later, he promised he'll make a vow to the Lord that if you will bless me, I'll tithe of everything you give me. And he did. The Lord blessed him. And it said that Jacob was a, was a righteous man and he tithes of the Lord. Well, that was many, many, many years before the law ever came into existence. And it is, it is a principle that has been established from the very beginning. Well, how did Abraham know about it? Well, God must have talked to him about it. How did Jacob know about it? Well, Abraham must have trained Isaac, who then trained Jacob, because that was part of who, why God chose Abraham. He would train up his children after him. And so uh, this has been a principle that's been taught for a long time. Tithing is something, it's a starting point for every person. Ten cents out of every dollar is something that it, it belongs to the Lord. And you just have to make a decision in your life. If you want to be blessed, if you want to walk in the, 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 the prosperity that God has for you, remember God's interested in, in our prosperity. He sent Jesus to preach, to proclaim the gospel to the poor, and he wants you blessed, but you've got to qualify for it. He wants everybody born again, but there are still things you have to do. Not everybody's going to go to heaven. Even though Jesus paid the price for every sin of every human being, not everybody's going to go. Why? They have to do something. There has to be an action, a response on their end. You have to believe in the Lord Jesus, confess with your mouth. I mean, even said in the Bible, there were people that believed in him but wouldn't confess him out of the, out of the fear of the Jews, out of the fear of their brethren. Were those people saved? Were those people born again? If they didn't change their, their, their position at some point in the future, later on in their life, where are they today? They're not in a good place. They, they're, they're not receiving eternal life. Well, it's been provided for us, but you have to do something. Well, Jesus has paid the price for our uh, uh, poverty and for us to be well supplied in life, but you have to do something. And it starts with honoring God with the tithe. The tithe belongs to you. I know we don't have anybody here this morning that would get on Facebook or wherever and make a post that say, I am proud to say I'm a thief. No one would do that. You know, they, no one would say those things. I've reached accomplishment today and I stole today. Well, when you hold your tithe, you're actually stealing from God. Well, that's kind of harsh, Pastor Greg. You said you're stealing. Well, if anytime you take something that's not yours... In the words of Forrest Gump, I may not be a smart man, but I know what stealing is. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, if something that doesn't belong to you, that's, that's theft. Well, you know, the, it comes to the tithe. It's, it's an act of, of obedience, but it's, it's an act of, of trusting God. 
The tithe belongs to you. And that's something he's given you in your life. Money he's blessed you with. And he's saying, listen, this part belongs to me. The tithe is holy to the Lord. And so, like I said, we talked a lot about the, the tithe in previous, previous uh, sessions. You can go back and listen to it. But it's an important thing. Hebrews chapter 7 says, Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there Jesus receives tithes. He views this as his, being, it's precious to him. It is something that is, he, he doesn't just see this as a, as a small thing. People say tithing is Old Testament. It's talked about in the New Testament as well. It is a part of our covenants, a part of what we're doing today. It's a principle of God's word. So go back and listen to those things. You can, it'll be a blessing to you. Go over to a Proverbs chapter 11, and, and this is where we had left off uh, the last time we spoke and last time I ministered on this subject. So Proverbs chapter 11, and I'm going to try to skip through some of this. I wasn't 100% sure of everything I covered last time, but uh, we're going to get into it here. Proverbs chapter 11 in the 24th verse. It says, There is one who scatters, yet increases more. There is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. That word poverty just means want, lack, or need. There is a portion that is right to hold on to, and there is a portion that is wrong to hold on to. People say, well, I don't believe in the tithe, believe in tithe and giving, the pressure, all that stuff, because all of it belongs to the Lord. Everything I have belongs to God. Well, that's not true. Try to tell Uncle Sam that when tax day comes. Yeah, I'm not going to pay my taxes this year because it belongs to the Lord. No, you're you're, you're going to find yourself in a, by an eight by ten room for a little while. That's not going to be good. So there are things that do belong to other people, things that belong to other places. Ten percent belongs to him, and then the rest belongs to you and your obligations where you are and the things you have in your life, then of that you get to choose what you give outside of that. So part of this would be hold, withholding more than is right would be withholding the part that belongs to him, the tithe, or the part that he tells you or leads you to give. But there's also more to that. Uh, tithe, uh, tithing and, 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 and our giving, uh, there's more to it when we don't give than just withholding the actual funds themselves. Um, Go with me to um, Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs, the third chapter. So we don't want to withhold more than is right. We know we have, his, we have the word on it, which is uh, it leads to poverty, leads to lack. The question of Proverbs is a book of wisdom here. And I believe the, the individual who wrote most of the book of Proverbs knew a thing or two about money, about finances. Solomon was the richest man that's ever lived. They said by modern day standards, he'd be a twice over trillionaire, have $2 trillion in today's funds. That's a, that's a lot of money. And uh, uh, he had a bit of things. He had some understanding along these things. But in Proverbs uh, chapter 3, the scripture that I read oftentimes when we, when we receive the offering, it says, trust in the Lord, verse 5, with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It'll be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Notice this, verse number nine. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Not just parts of it, but all your increase. Does that mean we need to honor the Lord with, our, with money that comes in from various places other than our jobs? Absolutely. You know, I know our wife, my wife and I, when our kids, when we have money comes in for Christmas or gifts, we'll tally up what the value of that is and we'll tithe off of that because it's increased in my life. It says, so your barns be filled with plenty, your vats will overflow with new wine. So there's a promise there attached to it. But notice verse 9, it says, honor the Lord with your possessions. 
When we don't give and we're not participating in God's financial plan, whether our tithes and offerings, not only are we withholding a part that belongs to him, we're also withholding the honor that belongs to him. Where your finances go is, is also a declaration of what you value and what you honor in life. Uh, it's, an, it's, it's a part of worship. It's a part of worship. And this particular uh, subject, I, I, I believe, is one of, the, one of the more important ones for us. It's one thing to get to the place where you can see it in God's word. I know I need to do it. And, and there are a lot of people who will tithe and they'll give because they see that they have to. They see that they need to. They see it's required. And they want to be obedient. That's a good thing. But our hearts being involved in our giving is very, very, very important. Um, like I said, honor, giving is a, is a part of honor. Go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I know you know this scripture. Uh, we've, we pastor read this for years when he received the offering and I'll pray and read this every now and then, um, verses, like I said, that we know really well, we won't read all of for time's sake, but this whole chapter verses chapters eight and nine, he's talking about finances. Paul's writing about the subject of finances in verse seven. He says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God doesn't like a grumbling giver, but a cheerful giver. And uh, it says, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. That's one of the reasons why we've never put pressure on people to give. We don't, we don't say, you know, you got to do this, you have to. We don't, we don't take up an offering. We give you an opportunity to give. Honestly, I would rather you not give than give with the wrong heart. I would rather a person just not tithe, not give at all, if their heart's going to be wrong in doing it, because your heart, the reason why you do it is just as important in the act of doing it itself. A person can give, they can do these things, but if their heart's not right, if they do it grudgingly or with the wrong attitude, then, then God's not able to bless it. And we'll read in a minute, it actually sickens the Lord. It actually turns the Lord off. It's actually something that he despises. And um, part of that is when you understand how important it is and the fact that so much honor is involved in our giving, it helps you see and get the right heart in your giving. It helps you understand and approach it from the right, from the right place. Uh, go to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis, the fourth chapter. I love the Amplified of, of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It says, a person who's cheerful, whose heart is in his giving. What a blessing. Amen. Our heart can be in anything we choose to let our heart be in. Amen. But in Genesis chapter 4, we have the, the account here of uh, um, Cain and Abel. Uh, let's see. Verse 1, it says, Now Adam knew his wife, knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Verse 2, then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the, presence, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord also, Abel also brought of the firstborn of the flocks of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Notice, they both brought something. God respected one, but did not respect the other. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? So he's saying, he's, there's obviously there's a problem here. Something Cain didn't do right, and Cain was not accepted in his offering. He said, if you, if you do not, if you do, not do, do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you that you should rule, that you should be that, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. 
And so we can see here that one did something in the, uh, the right way and one did something the wrong way. And God respected one offering and didn't respect the other. It had a lot to do with honor. It had a lot to do with the worship that's attached with honor, the attitude and the heart behind their giving. Uh, Cain, or Abel, rather, um, said that he gave of the firstborn. There's a saying that I like, it's the first and best, not the last and left. It's the first and best and not the last and left. Now, these things here will be a help to you. I'm telling you, if you'll, if, you'll, if you'll be open to what the Word of God says, don't just take my word for it, but what does God's Word say? It will help you. When it comes to our tithes and offerings, Amy and I, every single week when we, when we now this week we didn't, her, her dad uh, had to be taken to the hospital first thing this morning. Like I said, we've had, a, we, we've had a crazy few days. And so her mom didn't know what hospital he was taken to, so she had to go get her and find out where they were. That's why she came in late. She wasn't just playing hooky. She was actually dealing with them. And so he's stable, and, and she'll go back and, and see him afterward. But he's stable, getting taken care of. Um, but what we, so we didn't do it this week, but generally every single week, she'll come into my office before service. We'll meet it together. And, and before service, we pray over our offering ourselves, our tithe and our offering. And yes, we do it here in service, but, but we want to take an opportunity to do it ourselves and just the two of us. Why? Because this is a precious thing to us. This is not, we, we don't pay our tithes or, or write our tithe check or, or give our tithes and offerings after we see what's left at the end of the week. We do it first. And so it comes number one, and it's, it's the, it, we don't pray over the money we send for our house payment. Thank you, Lord, for this money. I mean, we do believe God for money for our house payment, and God's taking care of it. But we don't, we don't treat it the same. When it comes to our tithes and offerings, we get together on it, and we'll pray over it. We'll thank God for the opportunity to give. Why? Because we're wanting to make sure we approach what we're doing with the right heart. We want our heart to be connected and, and to be involved in what we're doing. Why? Because I don't want to do it and then not be right about it. You say, well, it's hard for me to, you don't know my situation, Pastor Greg. It's hard for me to get get happy about it. It's hard for me to see it as a blessing. You can see as a blessing whatever you choose to see as a blessing. You can make a decision. Listen, if it's a blessing to pay your your Verizon bill because you're glad to have your phone, then you can be just as happy to tithe to the Lord and give your offerings. You can be happy with whatever you want to be. It's a blessing to be able to give. Amen. And so here with, with, with uh, uh, Cain and Abel, it is Cain, uh, Abel brought the first and best. Cain just brought something. He did bring something. He just brought something, but he didn't put the care or the time into what he brought. Go to Malachi chapter 1. This is, uh, Malachi is such a good book, and, and almost the entirety of it, he's dealing with uh, Israel's rebellion and the situation they'd gotten themselves in, and so much of it was directly tied to their attitude where money was concerned. And it really is a telling, uh, a telling book of the Bible of just the place they were in. But in Malachi chapter 1, uh, we have here the Lord speaking and, uh, through the prophet. Malachi chapter 1 verse 7, it says, You offer defiled food on my altar, but, but say, In what way have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer uh, the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? When you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts. He's saying, listen, you guys are giving. You're doing this, but you're not giving the best. You're not giving of the first of, your, of, of what's coming to you. You're giving the leftovers, the sick. And they're calling the table of the Lord, the offering time, contemptible. They're saying it's something to be disdained, to be looked down upon. 
And uh, like I said, it's something, these are attitude adjustments for us that'll be a big help. When it comes to our giving, we should never look at it as a drudgery. We should never look at it as a drudgery. It's not a drudgery. Because you were giving, the, t- the tithe is a tenth of what he's already given us. And so if he hadn't given me something, I wouldn't have a 10% to even give back to him. It's how you look at it. It's how you look at it. And it's also my opportunity and my, my ability to prove myself faithful with where I'm at, where God wants me to be. Because we all start somewhere. We all start somewhere. And if we can't be faithful and look at our tithes and offerings the right way when we've got little, we won't look at it when we have a lot, right? And if we're not looking at it the proper way when we have a little, and if we're not looking at it the proper way when we have a lot, then we risk being in the position where we find ourselves like the rich young ruler, where we're doing all of these things, but our heart towards money is wrong. And the, and the Lord Jesus would say, there's still something you're lacking in your life. Now, am I saying it's going to keep you out of heaven? No. But it can keep heaven from showing up in your life while you're here in the area of finances. God wants you blessed. He wants you prosperous. But, you know, even more so than that, why is our prosperity important? Because it's not just about us living well and having great houses and rides. It's not about that. Listen, we, in order for the gospel to be done, in order for the kingdom to advance, it's going to require finances for it to happen. Unless you've noticed, the, the world is not fund, funding the preaching of the gospel. When we're going on this trip, you know, we didn't have a company nearby that paid for it. Now, there are some Christian companies out there, but there wasn't a company that paid for this. There wasn't a civic organization that paid for this trip. When we go, we pay for the, all the food while the pastors are there. We feed them and we take care of them while we're there. We bless them. It wasn't another, it's, it's the church who does that. Well, when this, the crusade gets put on, that's happening in Zambia, in the Chiwamba region, when that's happening this week, who's paying for it? Well, we're helping pay for it. We're putting those things on. So we have to be prosperous in order for the gospel to go out. Well, it can't happen if our attitude is wrong about it. It, got, it can't happen if our attitude is, is incorrect about it. If you go down to Malachi, just the, ten, and the, the 10th verse there in chapter 1, this was God's response to their attitude. They were giving. They weren't giving their first and best. They're giving the last and the left. They had an attitude that this is a drudgery. I don't like doing this. Why am I required to do this? Notice what he said. Who is there even among you who, should shut, uh, who would shut the doors so that you would not kindle the fire, not kindle fire on my altar in vain? I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hands. Basically, he was saying, shut the doors to my house. Because their attitude was wrong. Their heart was wrong in their giving. They were, not only, you can withhold the actual finances, the, the, the resources, the, the money itself, but do it in the wrong way and you're withholding the honor that's due. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, the, this is a vital thing. And said so because their response was wrong, their heart was wrong, God said, just shut the doors. Later on, he talks in Malachi chapter 3 about bringing the tithe, the whole tenth. He said, see if I won't, what, open the windows of heaven. He said, where, where your attitude has caused the doors to be shut, if you'll change, I'll open the doors of the windows of heaven in your life. So there's a direct connection to the action and the heart that's involved in it. They're tied together. It's important. Man, I've got so many things here. Um, go to Mark chapter 12. I have to skip a few things. Uh, Mark chapter 12. We're going to partake of communion together here in just a few minutes, but, uh, but I want to I get to this. Mark chapter 12. 
Now, this is interesting. Uh, if we were to put this into practice in the church today, boy, we would run a lot of people off. And I'm not saying we're going to do this. But I just want to give an example of uh, how, how the Lord sees us. Mark chapter 12 in the uh, 40 verse, 41st verse. Now, Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. Now, let's take a stop stop for a minute. Jesus went into the temple, and he says he saw how they were putting money, how they were giving. Now, that word saw, I'm not going to try to pronounce the Greek word to it. It means to view attentively. People say, God doesn't care about money. Well, Jesus here. We have an example of Jesus himself in the temple and he was paying very close attention to what they were doing. It says he sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people, all the people, put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which made, which, which made a quandrons, which make a quandron. So he called his disciples and said to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who've given to the treasury. For they put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Uh, the Amplified of that says that he sat down the opposite treasury, saw, the, saw the, how the crowd was casting money into the treasury, how many rich people were throwing in large sums, and a widow who was poverty-stricken, came and put in two copper mites, the smallest of coins, which made it about half a cent. So he said he was watching these things, and he was paying very close attention. And then Jesus was coming. He was making commentary on it. We all watched some college football yesterday. They had, this was him being Lee Corso on the sideline of the church. You know, he's making, watching and analyzing and then commenting on their giving. That would probably not go over too well. We had, what's that? We, had a, we had a comment maker as we passed the bucket. And they're like, really? Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, that's a joke. I mean, you know, I mean, but that would not go over well. But Jesus was making these comments and people were listening. He called the disciples over and told them what was happening. I, I, I automatically think to myself, what did the Lord say about my giving today? If he was watching them, we know the Lord never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's other accounts we don't have time to look at it where people's giving came before the Lord, where they saw their deeds. If he saw it then and made comments on it, does he see it today and make comments on it? I, pro- I would think he probably does. But the, the rich here, the, the ones who had an abundance, that said they were throwing in. And, and there's a lot of stuff. I'm not a Greek scholar, scholar, nor have I played one on TV, but I can read after what they say. And, and that word put, that when it says that they put in, that they were just casting it, just throwing it in, just haphazardly. But the, the, the rendering, the Greek rendering of the widow woman said that she reverently put in what she had. So it wasn't necessarily, they might, see, that's the good news. It doesn't matter where you are. God, God doesn't look at it on dollar amounts alone. Now, a tenth is a figure. It's a mathematical equation. But on your giving, he's not looking at the, the, an actual dollar amount, but he's looking at the heart that's attached to it. They gave far more than she did numerically, but Jesus said she gave more than all of them combined. Why? Because her heart was involved. What's my point? It's how we approach these things. Don't let circumstances, don't let other people's uh, uh, mistakes, don't let other people's bad examples affect your heart and how you give. Don't look at, well, I have to tithe. No, you get to tithe. A long time ago, uh, we made the decision. I know many of you have done the same. Whatever the word says, that's what I'm going to do. 
Whatever the Bible teaches, that's just what I'm going to do. Whether I understand it, whether I agree with it, it makes no difference. I mean, things like Jesus said, you, you return uh, evil with good. Does that, is that ever fun? Is that your natural reaction when somebody does something to you and they do something wrong? My granny used to say, so-and-so did me dirty. You know, that was her favorite thing. They did me dirty. Well, your response would not be, bless you, brother. Right? Your response is, oh, 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 taking my jacket off. Let's go, you know? I mean, that's your response. And it doesn't make sense. It's not what you see everybody else doing. It's not what feels good. You ever, ever, ever had somebody do something and you just kind of told them what for and it just, it just felt good? You might know what I'm talking about. Be honest, y'all, y'all are so precious and, and, and spotless, right? No, I mean, well, you, and you just felt good, but then later your heart condemned you. And if it didn't, you got bigger problems. But, you know, uh, you just, just said whatever I felt like and just did it. Well, it seems right. It's what I wanted to do, but that's not what the Bible says. So you have to then adjust how you respond when something happens. Well, I choose, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do it the right way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swallow my, my feelings. I'm going to push down my immediate response. I'm going to push down what they did and what they said. I'm going to respond with love. Well, where our finances is concerned, it's the same thing. What's my point this morning? We've already talked about tithes. Get over it. The Bible preaches it. And if you don't agree, take it between you and the Lord. Ask him what he would say. He probably will never tell you to give less. Just a thought. I don't know. But, but then make the adjustments in our attitudes of how we do things. It's an important thing. How you treat your tithes and offerings means everything. It's 1158. I, I had an example this morning, and, and just for time's sake, I uh, texted a, a couple of our parents here in the, in the church, you know, to your Young children, do you have any baby dolls? And I got a unanimous response that uh, Opal has a super creepy baby doll. Who know, who's seen Opal's creepy baby? Oh, yeah. Every person told me, several people said, call Joan and see if Opal has that creepy baby. <laughs> this is a super creepy child. This is a lifelike baby doll. It's actually heavy. It's a, this is a little weird. I was going to have Mark and Kat come up, have Mark come up since, you know, help me out as a new dad, but they're not, they're not here this morning. But, you know, how you treat everything indicates the value you, you have in it. Boy, this thing is weird. It's staring at me. Um, so when we went to the house, you know, when, when Mark and Kat had the baby the other day, uh, we went to the house on Saturday and, and, and met the child. You know, when, when Mark handed me the baby, who, who are my parents? Which of my parents? <laughs> Let's see, this is terrible, isn't it? I mean, even just holding a doll makes us feel like that's wrong, right? But I remember when Jack was first born, you know, it's our first, and, and man, we were at the hospital, and, and he's born, and they get him cleaned up, and they bring him back, and I mean, they're like, would you like to hold your son? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I didn't want to do it standing, and I... I but then I, maybe I should I sit because, you know, suddenly I might lose my balance, which I haven't done in hours. I mean, just a baby and just collapse, you know. I want the kid to be, I want Jack to be careful, you know, to be protected. So I had to sit and they gave me the baby and I held him and, and you know, and, and we're going through all the pro. Sorry to hold this kid like this. How about this? So, so you know, I'm holding the child and I'm holding, you know, Jack. And so we're going through the whole process at the hospital and, and then when it was time to leave, we didn't want to leave. 
Any first parent know what I'm talking about? Because at home, I don't have nurses coming in to help us. And you know, you're like, do we have to go anywhere? It's interesting. Second, third kid, we're like, Pfft. kid was born five minutes ago. Can we leave? We're ready to go. But the first, we're like, hey, look, we need to stay. And, and so we were putting the child in the, car, in the car seat. I went and got the car. And I must have adjusted the car seat 20 times before we went to the hospital. But before Jack went in, and I'm adjusting it again and making sure it's right and putting him in the car seat. And are the buckles just right? And, and what am I doing? I, I'm... Did I just take Jack and just like, boom? No. Why? Because it's, it's a precious thing. His pants are coming down. We don't want to do that. It's a precious thing. So when we went to Mark and Kat's house the other day, Mark, you know, handed me the baby. And I've, had, I've held a few babies in my life at this point. But I'm going to treat this baby as though it's something that's of value. And so it would be wrong for me. First of all, it's not my child. Even if it was my child, it'd be wrong. But when Mark handed me the baby, you know, I made sure I got my arms all right. And I've done this a bunch of times. I even thought, should I sit? Because I might suddenly fall, uh, you know. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Ever had those thoughts? Or is it just me? Every time I'm like, you know, maybe there'll be an earthquake and I'll, or I'll you know, I don't know why. And he's, he's, you want to hold the baby? And I'm like, sure. It's like starting to sit. Like, I don't, you know, what's wrong with you? So anyway, he handed me the baby. So I'm, I'm, I held him and, and I'm, 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 I'm supporting his head. What am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm honoring that child. See, sometimes we think honor is just some weird spiritual thing. I'm honoring what this is, the precious nature of what this is. Now, this is not real, but it's an example. And even holding an example the wrong way, we see that as being wrong. Well, what's the whole point of the example? Our tithe is the same thing. Because it's equally as wrong to treat the tithe as I don't want to break this super creepy baby doll, but it would be wrong to treat that, treat it that way, wouldn't it? You could see there'd be a lack of honor that's attached to it. If I had treated Martin Cat's baby that way, do you think it would have affected how they received our visit? Do you think they'd have been like, oh, Pastor Greg, Pastor Amy, come back again later? No, we, they, we, they would probably never be in our church again, right? The pastor came over here and they body slammed our child. I mean, you know, it would affect how they received it. They were blessed to have us hold their child and, and we get to, you know, make faces and he ended up giving me a gift as I was holding him, you know, cleaned his diaper right there, you know, and filled his diaper rather, you know, and, and but it was a blessing to them. It was the right thing to do. Well, you know, had I, had I handled it improperly, it could have taken something that would have been a meaningful, important experience for us but also for Mark and Kat sharing in the, the, the birth of their first son. And it could have tainted the whole thing. But see, our attitude where our finances are concerned, how we approach it, allowing there to be a, 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 a bad attitudes about tithing, letting there be a bad attitude about our giving, doing it with the wrong heart. You understand what I'm saying? It does the same thing. And, and it's not just Mark and Kat that's being affected. This is our Savior. I mean, one of the reasons why we count it as, as precious and we come and we pray about over-offering before service, the two of us, because Jesus shed his blood so I can, I can be free of, of, of lack. Am I where I'm, I want to be? And, it, and you know, ultimately, am, am, I, am I walking in everything? No, but I'm going to be faithful with where I'm at right now. And I'm going to treat what he's given me, that tithe, the part he lays on my heart to do. Because we ask him, the, the tithe is yours. 
We don't even think about it. It's yours. I don't care what it is. We literally figure out, get on Amazon, get on the internet, the value of this, the value of that. We total it up and think, well, that's being excessive. My Jesus is excessive, right? I mean, my Jesus went above and beyond. So we figure out the value. We add it up and the 10, the 10%, that's it. No questions asked. It just happens. But then ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? And then when this what above and beyond for our missionaries or for projects, things that are going on. And the Lord gives us, gives us a number. Sometimes it stretches us. Sometimes it doesn't stretch us. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not. We just, how many times have you ever heard me say, just give what the Lord tells, puts on your heart? There's no pressure there other than find out what the Lord is telling you. But we do it, but we make sure we, that our heart is right when we give. So what's the application this week? Man, make sure our hearts are right in our giving. It's not a little thing. It's a big thing. It's a big, big deal. And I know there have been lots of abuses. I know there's been a lot of things, and I know there's been a lot of situations. Don't let other things rob you of what Jesus has made available for us. He wants us blessed. He wants us prosperous. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.